welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out with me today uh, for our uh, monthly manga review for the Dragon Ball Super ongoing manga. Uh, my friend Leonard from the NPC pod. Leonard, how are you, man? I'm doing great, you know, doing just fine. Fantastic. You know, it's fiery over in California. The whole world is burning, but somehow I'm still alive. Yeah. How far are the fires from you? Uh, about an hour. Well, there's two fires. <laughs> uh, one's hour away and one's about 30 to 40 minutes away. Oh, my God, man. So it just must be like consistently smoky. It must look like the sky's on fire at all times. It literally feels like I'm literally uh, just in a land of fire. And I'm like that meme with the dogs sitting in the cafe with all the fire. And it's like, it's fine. Yeah. It's all fine. fine. How have you not been given a order to evacuate? Uh, Simple because I'm further away enough so that it doesn't affect me because I guess it it's on this highway that's kind of close by, but kind of far. So it's like, they still have a whole another town to deal with. (sighs) Damn dude. Well, uh, yeah. I'm sure you wear your mask, man, not only for COVID state, uh, sake, but also, you know, air quality in general must be fucking unbreathable. Oh, you ain't got to tell me twice. I'm an asthmatic. <laughs> yeah, I'm an asthmatic and a heavy smoker. Feel you, baby. Um, so each month, Leonard and I get together for the last several months to discuss the most recent chapter of the Dragon Ball Super manga. Uh, we are discussing chapter 63 this month, Miris's Resolve. Uh, I think I'm saying his name right, Miris, Maris. I'm going with Miris probably. Also, I know that I'm probably leaning a little bit heavy on Beerus to say his name. So uh, I don't know. That's just me preempting this conversation with uh, you might not like how I pronounce this dude's name, but. It was awfully uh, resolved in this episode, or this 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 chapter this month. But wait, we have someone else with us. Good call, dude. So while we're going to do this uh, manga review chapter this month, this is a little bit of a weird episode and a fun episode, personally. Um, I plug the Patreon all day, every day. Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. This month for the manga chapter, instead of doing a YouTube live stream, I decided that we would open up the actual Zoom conference uh, to our patrons. So whoever was around, it was super short notice. We'll look to do this again, guys, uh, hopefully with uh, much more notice. But uh, super short notice tonight, but we did have at least one person who was able to jump in with us tonight to uh, hang out, shoot the breeze, give us some of his uh, thoughts on Dragon Ball and we also talked about the DC fandom. I've, I've rambled for about 90 minutes pre-show. So if you are, are not a patron, this would be a good week for you to sign up because I am a crazy fucking person with a lot to say. We are joined this week uh, in the in the peanut gallery, I guess we'll say, um, by one of my favorite listeners and friends, uh, Reese Andriotis. Reese, are you around, dude? Are you there? Are you working on the construction site? What you doing, dude? That's okay. He's doing yeah. God's work. Oh, yo! Hey, buddy, how are you, man? I'm back. Good, mate. Good. Yourself? 
you know, we, uh, you, me, and Leonard have been shooting the shit for the better part of the last 90 minutes, but now it's time to do the actual podcast. Uh, but what time is it in Australia right now? It is about 2.20 in the afternoon, nearly beer time. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, it's been beer time here for several hours. That's probably why we get along so much, man. Our beer times kind of <laughs> coincide. I think so. Uh, so it was overdue by a few hours. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, and you're you're still doing the workday thing. You're out on a, a bunch of scaffolding, working on some construction stuff. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Yeah, not much longer left. Well, what's going to be fun about this episode today is while me and Leonard are picking through some of these manga points from chapter sixty-three, I got a guy like Reese just hanging out in the background, just fully able and ready to jump in with his own uh, commentary on the ridiculousness that is uh, Dragon Ball in general. And not only does he, uh, you know, jump in sporadically, but he also does so with an Australian accent. And I'm a big fan of all of those things put together into one scenario. You guys ready to take a look at chapter 63, Miris's result? Yes, sir. Yo. Chapter 63, Miris's Resolve. So we're picking up off of 62, obviously, because 62 is the number before 63. And in 62, at the end, we had basically all of our Z Warriors, Dragon Warriors, excuse me. Uh, we had all of our Dragon Warriors uh, basically get their asses handed to them all in one fell swoop. And we left the conversation last month. I think I, it was one of the things I asked you, Leonard, straight up. Um, are those guys dead? <laughs> and at the beginning of 63 this month, uh, Mira shows up to help with the fight, save the day, and we get the confirmation very early on in the chapter that Whis has essentially transported all of those hurt dragon warriors away uh, to another location so that way they can be healed. And uh, he's, he's taken everyone away except Jocko, the galactic patrolman obviously the guy who's going to be uh the savior of this entire arc you know yeah savior what do you not believe in his ability to save things there's only one person i believe that will be able to save things and that person is mr popo no all right your money's on popo my money's on mr satan Mr. Satan's going to get us out of this jam, as he always does. <laughs> Unless it's, you know, another Xeno button reset nonsense. Uh, but we do have some early intervention from the angels again that transport all of our buds out of there. And uh, Maris is on the battleground, and he's going to be the guy to um, step in. Uh, and he shows up very early on and, and says, you know, he's here to complete some training, to which Jocko's like, huh? What do you mean? I'm here to complete Son Goku's training. Well, Son Goku, he's not even here right now. What do you mean? The fight picks up between Maris and Moro. And it's pretty evident early on that Moro can sense a difference in uh, Maris's power and asks him, like, why can't I sense your life force? Like, uh, you're different than you were before. What's this whole thing? And I believe it's meant to give us the message that not only has he treated Goku a bunch, but 
Maybe he's a little bit further along in his angel training now. I do believe we saw him in some angel attire with Weiss uh, in a chapter or two uh, in the last few months. So it's pretty evident tomorrow um, the power up that this dude has gotten, even since their you know most recent entangle entanglement. Um, Leonard, what what did you think of uh, some of this early action, action sequences between uh, Moro and Maris? Um, well, I personally liked it a lot just because Moro's actually taking a step back and was just like, wait a minute, something isn't right. And Maris is just like, oh, yes, I am aware that something isn't right, but I'm not going to tell you anything and I'm going to go straight up and punch you. Yeah, he is very uh, kind of coy about it for sure. The thing that I love about the action sequences and we talked about it, you know, on the on the pre-show stream, the long pre-show stream. He does the majority of his fighting in the first half of this chapter with his little staff weapon or whatever, which is super reminiscent of two weapons, uh, reminiscent of the Niobo because of its extendo pole quality. But for me also, I, I, I see Whis, you know, uh, spinning his staff around and how we've seen him do that throughout Dragon Ball Super. So... Very cool action sequences uh, with him using the staff, but you know we we were kind of meant to put it together that he's using the staff as an extension of his body to kind of uh, prolong himself, I guess, or kind of help negate the effects a little bit of you know fighting um, of kind of giving in to the idea of him being an impartial angel and fighting for the side of justice and the side of good for this universe or whatever this um, staff kind of helps him Marty McFly less or more slowly, I guess. Uh, I don't know. There, there's a couple of cool, one of, one of my early complaints and you and I talked about it two weeks ago, dude. Um, the last few months of the manga chapter, instead of like two or three days before the chapter drops, we get like a couple of panels and, we kind of have like a little insight as to what's going to happen for the last two or three months and the second week of each month, it usually happens between the seventh and the 12th. We get leaks of sketches of panels and those sketches of panels are typically enough for somebody to draw enough insight into the plot and be able to be like, guess what happens next? this next thing we're talking about was this sketch two weeks ago. It's Maris using his staff. It's a wicked cool sequence. It's a very action heavy chapter, but Maris using his staff in the way that he does against Moro. Basically like, you know, he dodges it, trying to poke it into his face or whatever, plants it into the ground, extends it and does this big, huge uppercut. And it's this awesome, you know, cut, whatever. I'm pretty sure a couple of people have already accused Toyotaro of uh, of lifting the pose uh, from maybe Naruto, maybe One mm-hmm. Piece, one of the two. Do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? I think it was Naruto. Okay, I believe I, it was Naruto because I remember I did see it on Twitter. I believe it was too. Whatever it's from, I'm okay with it. Comic book artists, I, and like this is in some. This isn't something that I've always been super aware of, but uh, comic book artists have been ripping each other off off for like the last 60 years, you know? 
Um, they borrow inspiration from one another. They borrow um, poses, whatever the heck it is. So when the Toyotaro tracing accusations came out a couple of years ago, I was like, what the hell, bro? But like the more I learn about American comics over the last few years, it's pretty prominent in American comics as well. Um, so him borrowing from Naruto, which only exists because of Dragon Ball, I'm not that worried about it. Put that tracing bullshit to bed. Trace the line around your dead fucking body. Chasing Navy fans know what I'm saying. But staff fan, uh, excuse me, the staff fighting. Now, there is one of the most meta panels I've ever seen in a Dragon Ball Super comic to this point. Also, I had somebody on a YouTube video call me out this morning for calling the Dragon Ball Super uh, manga a comic. And instead of a manga, I often interchange uh, comic and manga. I also often interchange manga and manga. Want to know why? Fucking many, many years of bad habits and reading all of them all at the same time. So bear with me, people. Manga, manga, Dragon Ball Super comic. We all on the same page now? Word. One of the most meta panels I've ever seen in the Dragon Ball Super comic. I think it's like page 11 or 12 in this chapter. Um, Beerus and, and Whis are flying away from the scene. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, he's not really going to interfere at all. And uh, they stop and they realize like maybe they should, you know, go turn around and see what the heck's gonna about to happen because Goku doesn't really stand a chance of winning. And Beerus just says it right out loud. I'm getting really tired of bailing these dudes out of bullshit. And we, you know, kind of agrees. He's like, yeah, they're kind of annoying. They're a bit of a handful, I believe is what he says. And it's the exact, it's the exact thing I've been talking about as Dragon Ball's problem for so, like, I don't know, probably since Fukatsu no F, like Battle of Gods ending the way it does with Beerus ultimately agreeing to let them live. Cool. Great way to end the story. The next story, I get that it's still a movie and it's still like rising the stakes even further. Frieza blows up the world because it's Frieza. So much, so fuck, they have to have a god rewind it. Okay. But you've just elevated the stakes so much. And it's always been my thing where it's like you've, you've kind of set yourself up to the point where you can only get into conflicts now where the only people who will be unable to undo them are going to be gods unless it's a, a thing that comes with rules, like a tournament where our, our characters can overcome uh, an, a super powerful foe through some kind of you know, technicality on rules and shit like we saw with the Tournament of Power. So to have Beerus and Whis just stop and say, yeah, kind of tired of bailing these assholes out of it. Uh, this is kind of getting old. Uh, Leonard, how do you feel about... Um, the constant having to defer to God's thing in Dragon Ball Super. Well, definitely um, something that we have talked about before was one of the bigger problems of just Super in general is that they're always having to rely on the gods bailing them out and, you know, fixing their boo-boos and such. Which, to the extent, I actually like that they did bring attention, uh, bring it to attention, because clearly you can see in this chapter that 
they definitely do have something more to worry about than they usually had to in the past. Like stuff where it's like, yeah, okay, they made a careless mistake. Yeah, they maybe did something stupid. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't have uh, messed with the time or whatever. But now this time it's, oh, someone actually came back that we probably should have taken care of years and years and years and years and years ago. Yeah. And now we have to do something about it. Well, I think the most frustrating or interesting part with Moro, and we talked about it a couple of nights ago with my stream with Aunt Grimulia from CBR about Oob, is Moro is such an evident attempt to like sort of kind of reset the power scaling a little bit by introducing elements of magic again into Dragon Ball. And magic's not a new thing to Dragon Ball. It's just a thing that kind of comes and goes in spurts. So uh, OG Dragon Ball, the first 153 episodes, magic is sort of an omnipresent thing through a lot of it. And a lot of things that can't be explained are kind of explainable by magic. We go to Dragon Ball Z because the first episode a dude is fucking landing on earth from outer space they lean heavy into all aspects of science fiction for those first three arcs saiyan saga frieza and then technologically speaking with cell and the cell and android arcs the magic part comes back in the dragon ball z with majin buu and uh I feel like it was a way, sort of, to kind of, you know, reset the power scaling one last time before the end of the series. Obviously, when the Majin Buu stuff came out in, you know, 90, uh, fuck, four, three, four, and five, probably, between the manga and anime. When that stuff was coming out, they probably didn't think, we're going to have to reset the scaling again in, you know, 25 years, you know. They kind of just probably thought that magic would be an easy way to do it. Uh, one last time. So when Super you know, Z wraps up and it is what it is, GT happens, it's a very short-lived thing. They don't have to really worry about that very much because also they don't have to worry about it that much because they fucking you know depowered and shrunk Goku. Like that was a very intentional thing to try to reset plot availability. When Dragon Ball Super comes back in 2013... They introduced this upper echelon of uh, upper echelon of gods, or like another side of like the Kaioshin and the God of Destruction, to reset scaling. Okay. Since then, we've just had continued story arcs where shit gets so fucked at the end. The only way to fix it is with gods. Now we've got Ultra Instinct as a way to be able to. Um, combat dudes on that godly level or somebody who exceeds it in Jiren because that's how fucking broken the power scaling gotten in, in Dragon Ball Super is that we had a dude like Jiren where Ultra Instinct had to be brought in to like kind of reset everything in terms of a, a plot device to fucking win. God damn, do I fucking love Dragon Ball. Um, now with Moro involved, they start to bring in the magic again and they rely a little bit on the magic they already implemented in through the lore with the Daikaioshin and Majin Buu and they're recycling good stuff that I've always wanted to see more of. I feel like they bailed out a little bit with the Buu and the Daikaioshin stuff and reverted back to the Goku Vegeta show very quickly. God damn, I just talked so much to say me and Ant talked about Oob the other day 
And I'm very hopeful then bringing in some of these magical elements in an attempt to rescale the power scale, uh, power setting, whatever. Uh, reset the power scaling. That's probably how people would prefer I say it. I'm hopeful that they're setting the stage for more magical based characters, uh, characters to come in. And by that, I'm hopeful um, by magical based characters. I mean, uh, Oob, the reincarnation of Kid Boo, and uh, letting his ridiculous amount of power be kind of inexplicably uh, just sort of explained away into the void, which is totally Toriyama's MO of like, yeah, he's Kid Boo's reincarnation. That's why he's just that powerful. Do you have any thoughts on Oob Leonard before we move on from my fucking diatribe that I just went on? Uh, well, definitely something. Uh, not a lot of people know this, but I will express it to the way I want to say it now. I love Oob. Oob is an awesome character. Oob is a great, uh, I'd say, reset button in a sense. It's a good reset button for two reasons. One, like you said, introduction of magic, bringing magic back into it. But two, also starting a new generation with super or a new arc, per se. It could bring out something where maybe magic will kind of bring back a sense of the whole Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z aspect where we're going to see something that kind of combines both, but in a well-maintained way. How about you, Reese? Do you have any thoughts on uh, Oob, the reincarnation of, of Kid Buu? I think it would probably be one of the best things I can do for Dragon Ball, bringing him in. And hopefully we can move past this fucking age gap of Goten and Trunks staying in the same age as well. Damn That right. needs to fucking happen. Hell yeah. We need to grow, people. We need to grow. They need to be old now. They've been seven for four years. Yeah, man. And Trunks needs to hurry up and step up and be like future Trunks. He's just stop being a little kid bitch. Yeah, he's going to continue to be a little spoiled rich kid for sure. And he'll probably grow up to be the CEO of Capsule Corp. But if he grows up to have a sword, I mean, it's halfway there. I'll take it. Yeah. Same as Goten. Like, what's going to happen to him? He's, he's no one now. You're going to end up being a ladies' man. But in what you were saying before, I think the only person who they've beaten without the gods' help is your favorite character, and that's Broly. <laughs> Last person in consequence that they've actually beaten in a fight. Yeah, they were going to be until, again, a god or, or a super magical status intervenes with uh, the Dragon Balls to transport Broly out of there. Like, even then, like, we yeah. have the plot kind of resolved by not a definitive ending, but, you know, some kind of mythical interference to uh, sort it out. Like, what the hell, man? Call it 50-50 on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm interested to see how Broly makes his way back into the story. So, more to come. I on just that. hope they don't rehash this, the movie into the first half of the series. I just want to fucking. Really I, okay, fucking I don't annoying. even. I don't even care at this point. I don't even fucking care. I'll take a Broly version of the anime. I'll take an anime version of the Broly movie in a fucking heartbeat right now. That's how desperate I am for this goddamn TV show to come back. I don't even care. I don't even care, bro. I would actually like it because I definitely like the way that they gave a little bit more insight into it as well but also the fact that they can add in a little bit more extra stuff like maybe since goku is supposed to go train with him maybe even after tomorrow arc he goes and trains with broly and 
maybe we get a little bit of character building and possibly bring in a little aspect of oob where goku's like oh yeah forgot about him should check to see and yeah. checks to see him I'm gonna go fucking check out and, and and train him now. Imagine if the moral arc ends like not with uh you know any of the gods inter- I mean Maris interferes in this chapter here, but Goku doesn't do it with uh mastered ultra instinct. It's just Broly shows up out of the true blue. Goku like, communicates to him out of his like uh you know random telepathy that he gets every once in a while. <laughs> and he's like Broly come help me out. And he's like, Kakarot. And then he fucking like gets there really fast from playing Bampa and he fucks everything up. And then he just lives on earth. It's a capsule core building and trains with Vegeta all day. Bro, give me that scenario. I'll be okay with it. Fuck it. Get Broly back on earth. <laughs> get him in the fold. It's all the friends. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't be mad at that. See? No, neither. I got friends who fucking agree with me. That's all that matters. So... Moving back to this manga chapter, a few last minute things for us to cover up here uh, before we get get to the end of this thing. Uh, there was a very cool panel or a little moment where Goku gets healed by uh, by Dende back on the lookout, and um, you know Goku learns that Maris is uh, the dude who's currently doing the fighting and doesn't really like that, and blah 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 blah. So. He leaves to go help with the fight. And uh, sorry, I just had like a little audio thing fucking bothering the shit out of me on my screen. So he leaves to go help Maris in the fight. And before he does, he uh, looks at uh, Dende and says, thanks, Dende, for healing me up. And then, you know, thanks again. Kami-sama calls him Kami for, I believe, the first time I... I'm not sticking to that. I feel like maybe it might have happened one other time, but it's so infrequent if it hasn't happened before. Um, if it has happened before, it's so infrequent that it's it's notable and it was a nice uh, little moment. And it made my heart feel things. Um, getting back to the Maris and Moro fight, angel impartiality is very evidently not a thing for Maris. And uh, he's starting to Marty McFly and back to the future one out of existence there's a cool shot where like he comes out of a fucking action pose and then the first time i looked at it i didn't notice it but when i went back and looked at it again you can see like as he starts to fade you can see like the horizon and the outline like fading in behind him it's it's pretty nicely done um but he is starting to fade out and goku arrives and he's like hey idiot cut it out he arrives uh, and, and immediately powers up to um, Ultra Instinct Omen or Sign, I believe. And he's still not a match for Moro. Uh, the two of them go at Moro for a moment or two. And that's when Maris um, finally takes a chunk out of the eternal plot armor that is Moro and uh, takes care of his absorbing abilities and his copying abilities um, by taking out the jewel in his hand. And then, like, the bank, uh, he uh, eventually, at the end of the chapter, punches the little um, bank he has in his head where he keeps the power stored up. Just to kind of, like, you know, on his way out the door, um, help even up the score a little bit for Goku. But they have a nice, I guess, flashback. It's a little contrived, like... This moment that we're supposed to feel at the end of this chapter 
there are a lot of callbacks. Uh, we talked about them in the pre-show stuff. Again, if you want to hear all the pre-show nonsense where I'm having a meltdown, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Superdope. Me, Royce, and Leonard cut it up about this chapter for about 90 minutes prior and a bunch of other things. But um, there's a lot of callbacks in how this chapter ends to Gohan, Android 16, the Cell Saga, and how you know they ultimately lose somebody important to them in the moment who's trying to protect them and in the midst of battle, they're taken away and poof, transformation. Um, I get all of that. But at the same time, Maris has been, I don't know, like he's just been somebody who's not been around enough for us to particularly care about. So there's a portion of this chapter where they have a flashback as he's starting to like fade out. They have a flashback to the, I think it's like three or four months that they spent together in the training room, not the room of space and time, but whatever, you know, similar room it was. And they have this conversation about uh, Maris genuinely admiring Goku and being like, hey, man, you've saved the world all these times. And, you know, that's, you know, crazy to think about. And, and Goku's like, I don't really think about it that way. I've just kind of always been you know, doing my, my martial arts thing or whatever. But you, you get the um, impression that despite Despite Maris's um, origins as an angel, he's come to love um, being like a normal person and protecting the galaxy as part of the Galactic Patrol. And he's somebody who firmly believes in justice. And this flashback is sort of like a setup for him to give exactly that um, sort of monologue in the next couple of panels. Um, Leonard, what do you think about this flashback that we had into this knockoff room of space and time. Did you get the genuine feels from it or did you feel like it was a little contrived like I did? Um, well, now to give some background of what I was feeling, uh, recently I had watched, rewatched the ending of Naruto Shippuden. <laughs> so I was, I've been, I've been in my feels and yes, I am a nerd and I'm damn proud of it. Gee, uh, right. So I was in my feels and the fact that I saw that it was a little bit more feels and seeing the way Miris was this person that we didn't necessarily know to being a very genuine person who realizes that there's a bigger cause than something that is of himself and what other people have told him that go by is something that it was just like, it hit the knot for me. It was kind of like, okay, I can, I can definitely see. Granted, you only gave us a short amount of time to actually get to know this character. So I would love to see how they would do that in Super itself when it comes back, the show. Yeah, I uh, would hope, I would hope that they give us like a few, like instead of like a, uh, you know, half of a chapter where they're in that training together, it's like, you know, three or four episodes where we have flashes back, you know, to and from the battlefield to them training together. It's like to give us a sense of time spent together because that's what this flashback is meant to do is to give us a sense of actual time spent together when we didn't really get to see much of it. You know, very minimal stuff we get to see of them training together. So I I don't know. I'm so excited to see how the anime adapts this, man. I've broken down the math in the past. And when I did it, it was probably at least a year ago. But, you know, uh, this chapter ends at, a, or excuse me, the Tournament of Power ends at a, around chapter 41 or 42. 
we're now like two um excuse me we're now like 22 chapters after that chapter 63 41 62 22 chapters i could easily chunk out 22 chapters worth of the manga into at least two to three episodes each that's 40 to 60 episodes that's about an a year's worth of runtime in terms of uh stuff you can work on that's enough of a buffer if you want to get a quality production time running off of that eight to nine months is luxury time in terms of uh anime production world i don't think we're far off people soon although covid fucking covid (sighs) anyway enough about the anime that's probably not coming back anytime soon i've rambled enough um angel impartiality isn't truly a thing he is very much fading away and you know the flashback that they give us is not only meant to give us uh, a sense of the time and the importance that goku or like the, the relationship that goku has developed with this guy the time spent with him but also give some weight to you know he genuinely loves uh, the universe he has spent protecting and prefers to pursue that way of life basically you know Dan, his angel biology be damned he wants to fight on the good side of things for this you know, galaxy this universe he loves um goku starts to realize what's happening um because the staff has been kicked away you know halfway through the chapter maris has been fighting barehanded and starting to marty mcfly out of the picture um you know throughout the rest and just before Maris has his little Paul Walker fade off into the sunset. Uh, see you again moment. He tells Goku. The next time should you. Un- uh, uh, that was my neck that just cracked. I don't know if that was audible. The next time you achieve ultra instinct. Um, should you achieve it? It'll be more stable than you've uh, ever experienced it to be before. And uh, yeah, he fades off into the sunset probably much to the relief of Moro, who was just getting his ass kicked a moment ago by a super cool staff and a dude with a terrible haircut. Um, I'm assuming Goku's going to unlock Ultra Instinct next month. Do you think that we are coming up on the end of this chapter? And by the end of this chapter, I, I mean, do you think Goku achieving Ultra Instinct and mastering it as, as a, as Maris alluded to, like I've shown up here to, you know, see him master his training, whatever. Do you think this is the end of this arc, Leonard? I, I don't think so. I don't think so because it seems like it's too easily given. I feel like it's something where it's just like, okay, yeah, sure. Give him ultra instinct and let him actually master and be good. It, It seems too to easy way out like it seems like it would just be something where it's just like okay we don't know what else to do so we're just going to give you this ending and leave it at that and give us like how we're going to feel but was uh, it how he felt wasn't the tournament of power the same exact ending though exactly it was the same exact ending but i don't think that they would want to try to give that to us again because i think they realized how people felt at the ending Granted, yes, it was a good fight in general, but it, it's something where 
I think they are going to work up to it a little bit more where it's something I would like to say it's something more of the whole teamwork aspect um, to give you actually something that we talked about earlier was um, the way that we were getting Android 16 vibes when yes. Maris was saying this. And it instantly made me, when I was reading it, it instantly made me think of Gohan and Android 16, where Goku's going to sort of go on the edge, but I think it's going to go differently from what we think. I think it's so. So just to kind of like give a little bit of color onto that Android 16 thing, because I, I kind of talked about it very broadly was... Maris gives this speech about how he wants to protect the world despite him not, uh, despite given how he was made and brought into the existence as an angel and supposed to be impartial, he still wants to protect this world. You get the Android 16 vibes because Android 16 was created solely for the purposes of killing Goku and destroying life in general, but specifically Goku. Um, and, and he, you know, sort of rebelled against his internal programming or, or whatever the hell, and you know, ultimately is is killed uh, in a moment of self sacrifice in order to protect and ultimately be a trigger for uh, the hero. Hopefully, I, I guess in Goku's case, and I mean in Gohan's case, you know, he, that ultimately ends up being the trigger to help him defeat Cell. And that's what I think is going to happen is because Toyotaro is so restricted. And what he can and can't do, like he needs to get everything, he needs to get his permission slip signed every single fucking month from the people at Toei and Toriyama. I think he would be given the thumbs up to do like a Gohan ish kind of callback to sum up the story here with, uh, and then the God powers kicked in, but we referenced the, the cell arc and then Android 16. So, don't worry about moving the story along. Just be happy with the callback. And that's all she wrote. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I kind of have a difference in opinion, at least towards that. Go for it. Uh, just because calling back to an f- earlier chapter, Maris said that Goku kind of enters Ultra Instinct when he's actually happy and enjoying fighting. In this sense, yeah, I mean, you could say, you could probably argue a bunch of arguments saying that he's enjoying this fight still. It's a, it's an emotional response, yeah. I believe. Whether that emotion is joy, hatred, you know, yeah. star or whatever. I think that it's going to lead to a different response instead of Ultra Instinct. I feel like, now this could be a very bold claim, but I feel like it's going to lead to something where it's going to put him where people are going to think maybe Goku could be a god of destruction instead of like how, how a lot of people think he would be an angel, if anything. Mm. Um, I can't really see a situation in which either one of those are, are either one of those guys are taking the place of Goku or Whis, but I, here's, here's one thing that was kind of, and I didn't even really talk about it with you guys. Um, uh, we did the flip through again, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope, you know, 90 minutes of pre-show shit on this, but we actually flipped through the manga. You flipped through it with us. There is one panel where um, Beerus is like really concerned about what the grand priest is going to think about uh, Miris doing his thing uh, and what the reaction is going to be. I do wonder if they're paving the way, like, for me, best, best case scenario is the story coming out of this arc. Like this arc ends in the next two months. 
and like morals defeated and like put back in fucking space jail. And uh, as the Galactic Patrol hauls him away, um, Grand Prix shows up on Earth and he's like, y'all have been fucking around for the last 60 fucking five chapters. Time space continuum, Xeno reset buttons, all this nonsense, killing gods and stuff. When I'm not looking, I don't like that. Maybe we'll finally get like a dark grand priest arc i I don't know maybe i'm like shooting for the fucking moon on that one but i i think they kind of gave us a hint that they're at least thinking about it in one of those panels this month yeah maybe maybe there's going to be more of a sacrifice than what we are leading up to think yeah um i i mean i think the last thing that could come into play for the final chapters of this arc that's sort of been forgotten about is something they relied on heavily early on is uh the majin buu the daikaioshin factor how does that factor into the end here if at all i i think they could pull something out of left field with any of those characters and and have us all be okay with that um all right, well, that's uh, chapter 63. Oh, the last panel, though. Um, homeboy fades away into the fucking Paul Walker sunset, and and we says to Beerus, you know, no big deal. He was always a really awkward little brother. To which I say, of course he was. What little brother, you know, actively, proactively chooses that stupid fucking haircut? What a dick. <laughs> Uh, um, all right, Leonard, any parting thoughts for you on uh, this manga chapter this month, man? Um, I liked it. It was decent. I liked the callback. Of course, Toriyama, or to- to- Toriyama uh, can't say his name, I guess, but he me definitely either. uses up he uses up all his, uh, oh, let me go back to Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball references, in which I'd say this time he didn't do too bad. I'd say it's a, it's a decent callback and a good chapter yeah well i'm not a fan of where this arc has ultimately gone and again having us uh, have to rely on the power of gods to bail us out not a fan of that i was a fan of the chapter overall and how even though it was very artificial and how they did it again with like the room space and time stuff uh making us have to care about Maris on his way out and making us acknowledge the sacrifice that he's making. I thought it was a well-executed chapter, even if I wasn't a fan of, um, you know, the actual story that took place. If that's the part of the story they wanted to tell, whatever, well done. I just wish they'd gone a different way. Um, All right. So this has been part of a experimental sort of thing we're doing this month for Patreon. Basically, uh, instead of a live stream for the manga chapters, we're going to, um, and this is because, again, this is the the newest, most actual recent Dragon Ball story we're getting. It's not none of that. Uh, it's not none of that Super Dragon Ball Heroes nonsense. So um, it's exciting to have other people to talk with. Um, so I thought that it would be fun to incorporate our patrons into the conversation by inviting them to sit in on the zoom conversation with me and the other host. Um, kind of an impromptu thing, very much experimental. We'll see how the actual video and podcast version of this comes out. But before we wrap up, uh, 
Reese, did you have any parting thoughts about Dragon Ball Super or about Dragon Ball Super Dope or about working on scaffolding all day? I don't know if you could even talk right now, man. Go ahead if you're there. Super Dope! Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's, a, it's been a good arc, but they just had to fuck up the story as always. Not give Vegeta his win. Like, come on. It's been 30 years. Let this shit happen. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody, you finally fucking guess what I'm saying, man. So frustrating. All right. But it's beer time now. Work is done. Yeah, it's beer, beer, it's beer time. Do you have any fucking final parting thoughts for the rest of the patrons or super dope audience, Reese? Just keep supporting it and enjoying everything that he puts out. He works hard, so keep up all the support. I appreciate that. I was looking for more of you like talking shit to get them to join the discussion next month because, you know, community is what we're all about here, baby. Yeah, everyone just get fucked up and join in. Yeah, yell get at Timmy. It. Yell at Timmy Why Jones. And get it amongst it. Fucking Timmy Jones. Fuck you, Timmy. <laughs> Timmy. Get amongst it. I'm going to fucking start saying that, dude. That's a fun fucking phrase. Ooh. All right. Let's Everyone get Kena's mustard. Oh, you know what? Last thing. Um, don't know if it's Patreon exclusive. I think I already talked about it. This has been sitting here on my desk for a very specific reason tonight. On Monday, this coming Monday, the 31st, allegedly, knock on wood, I'll be interviewing this dude right here, Michael C. Morona, a.k.a. Big Pete Wrigley of Pete and Pete of the Nickelodeon show, The Adventures of Pete and Pete, who uh, coincidentally is a huge Dragon Ball fan. So I've, I've got a, a Zoom conference set up with him on a Monday night. I've been trying to get him on the show for over a year and randomly he just got back to me uh, this afternoon. Literally, I, I hit him up on August 21st, 2019 and he wrote back to me today. Uh, what is it? August 25th. Is that right? Um, weird man, weird. So Michael C. Morona and Pete Wrigley will be on the show next week. Uh, want to say thank you to uh, our patrons, Reese, for joining in the conversation this week, and to my good friend Leonard from the MPC Pod. Make sure you go check them out wherever you get your podcasts. I imagine they are there. They definitely are. And if they aren't, they should be. If not, you can always go on silvertongueaudio.org and come check us out because we are trying to get back on Spotify, hopefully. And plus, I'm writing more skits. So definitely check them out. Bro, we should write a skit together, okay? That's one. Two, if you guys need help with Spotify and getting that shit relisted, let me know. I, I help podcasts and businesses do exactly what that. I, getting on Spotify is the easiest thing in the world. We were on Spotify, but something happened. I don't remember exactly what, but huh. we will definitely come to you. Yeah, word. I like I fuck around with the distribution stuff all the time. I've I help set up like I think it's I think like thirteen or fourteen different podcasts from zero to up and running. So uh, I'm familiar with the process. So let me know if you need any help. But that's gonna do it for. Oh, you know what else? Let me take that moment to say, if you ever wanted to start a podcast. I have a I have a promo code now. All right. I use Libsyn.com personally. 
to uh, distribute Dragon Ball Super Dope. I cannot believe that I've forgotten all about this until just now. This has been the case for about two weeks now. I use Libsyn.com to distribute Dragon Ball Super Dope. If you want to launch your own podcast and use Libsyn, uh, you can get your first month for free if you use my motherfucking promo code, Kyle. That's K-Y-L-E. That's my name. That's it. Just my first name. 70,000 fucking podcasts on Libsyn. 150 referral partners. I'm one of them, and I got the referral code, Kyle. K-Y-L-E for your first month off of Libsyn.com. So if you need to like real, if you need some like real easy access to Spotify, Leonard, just have you boys use my promo code, bro. Yeah, definitely will. And plus, I have some other friends that are interested in podcasts, so most definitely they would probably love to hear this. It's Libsyn.com, baby. Get a pro. That's like the oldest podcast distribution company in the game. Um, the metric system that they have, if you are willing to pay for that $20 a month a membership, it's the best $20 a month I spend hands down. Uh, you'll get that first month free by using the promo code Kyle. I can't believe that's a real thing and I didn't just make that up. Uh, K-Y-L-E, that's how you spell my name. That's going to do it for Dragon Ball Super Dope. I'm sorry, Maine. That's kind of a rhyme all of the time. Next week, beat Big Pete Wrigley. I can't rhyme anymore leonard thank you reese thank you so much for sitting in if you want to get in on the next manga discussion uh for chapter 64 you got to be on the patreon baby patreon.com slash dragon ball superdome have you sit in on the discussion with us uh chime in with all the fun stuff and yeah be part of the cool club all right be in the club because it's a it's a cool Really cool club. Go to Patreon, be in my club. Dude, thank you, both of you, but I mean, Leonard, you fucking, you are a good friend for sitting through this. Yeah, no problem. Bad day. Um, Reese, go fucking clean some windows on a skyscraper, bro. You don't clean windows. You like actually work construction. Beer time, brother. It's beer time. Yeah, I fuck so long that it's actually fucking beer time. All right. Well, cheers to you, brother. Cheers, brother. Friends, um, thank you for supporting us. I love you. And you'll get an extra super dope sign off that goes uh, like this. Um, uh, I'm going to go eat some pizza because I somehow inherited four pizzas over the weekend on the same day. And I still have about a pizza and a half left since Saturday. So I have some ground to make up. You know what I'm saying? I inherited all the pizzas, though. I didn't pay for any of them. That's amazing. It's a talent, baby. It's a talent. My only fucking weakness in said talent is that I haven't eaten the pizza fast enough. All right. I'm going to hit stop on this nonsense. Thank you, patrons. We love you.